This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. I love a good story. And let me tell you, Easter, that's the greatest story of them all. It's the greatest of stories. And, and yet it's an easy story to miss out on. Uh, to miss out on if we miss the significance of what happened and, and what it means for us. See, the, the cross that took place on that Friday before that first Easter, that, that was no accident. That was a radical, subversive act of love on our behalf. And, and on the cross, Jesus did something incredible for us. And this is what we see in in that moment that John captures for us in his account of the life of Jesus. In John 19, we see this. It says that Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill the scripture, he said, I'm thirsty. So a jar of sour wine was sitting there. They, they soaked a sponge in it and put it on a hyssop branch and held it to his lips. And when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And so there on the cross, he's he's hanging and his life is fading away. And he cries out, I'm thirsty. So they, they bring him some wine. And it was in a sponge and they bring it up to his lips to just offer some sense of comfort. And we're told that as he sniffs it, as he takes it in, he realizes this is it. And he says, it's finished. And we could sit and say, well, what, what, what's finished, Jesus? What, what are you talking about? Your pain and your suffering? Because crucifixion was a brutal way to be executed. And so death would have been a mercy of sorts. And, and yet if that's all that he meant by those last final three words, it is finished, then his, his last words on the cross, well, they would have been lost to us in history. Because his death would have been the end of the story. Just one more death in the countless others that had been crucified by Rome. And yet here we are. We're talking about him. Like some 2,000 years later, we're talking about him. We're celebrating him because something happened. And in the stories of his life that, that we have been given by his first followers who captured them and, and made sure that they would exist and move on, We see what happened. This is what they tell us. Mark tells us in his story of the life of Jesus. In Mark 15, he says this. He says that then Jesus uttered a loud cry. Those words that he declared, it is finished, and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And this is so incredible. And yeah, maybe you're wondering, what's the big deal about a curtain in a temple? With, with this, th- this was the curtain. It, it was the curtain that, that represented a, a separation between us and God. The, the God who was supposed to dwell amongst us in this time and moment on, on one side of this curtain would be cut off, separated from the rest of us on the other side of this curtain. It was a divider that symbolized our separation 
from God, something that kept us from him. It symboled that God and us could not be connected because there was something wrong. And it existed because something was broken between us and God, something broken because when we walked away from God in that that beginning story that we have, that Genesis story, like something broke. When we turned from him, like, like utterly, completely, irrevocably broke between us and God. And, and this is what God had warned would happen if we turned from him. This is what he warned them to not turn away, to trust him. In that story in Genesis, when we're told that he, he gave them this beautiful garden to live in and everything was for theirs, but this one thing wasn't for them, this, this tree that somehow represented a knowledge of good and evil that God didn't want for them. He's, he said, trust me that I know what's good for you and live in this place of freedom, but when they didn't trust him, when they didn't trust him, something broke. And he said that when that happened, we would die. We, we would be separated from him. Because that's, that's what death is. Death is separation. And oh, how they experienced it in that moment. This death, this separation, this separation from innocence. Because for the first time in their existence, shame entered their story. And this was something God never wanted for us. But they also experienced separation from each other because suddenly this nakedness was an awkward problem. And so they covered themselves up and suddenly they weren't connected any longer. And they also experienced separation from God because when God came to to visit with them, they ran and, and they hid from him. Instead of running to him like they always did. And this was the end of our delighting in God. And the beginning of our fearing God. And so God warned them about this because he knew that in turning from him, they would be turning from the source of all life. That if we would walk away from him, we would walk away from life into death. Because God is the only source of life. And let me tell you, that's not vanity on God's part or some kind of attempt to control us. It's it's simply the truth about reality. Kind of like how we all need oxygen to breathe if we want to live. And and yet if I choose to reject that reality, I, I, I throw myself into the vacuum of space or I dive into the depths of the deepest waters thinking, I don't need this air to breathe. Man, it's not going to go well for me. Just like it did not go well for them, for our first parents, when they turned from God. And from that moment, brokenness and separation became a part of the story. All of our stories. Hurt and pain and shame became a part of the story that was something God never intended for us. And I think in one way or another, we all find ourselves in that vacuum of space, in the depths of the sea, and in that place, in that emptiness and coldness, I find my lungs aching for breath again, longing for the breath I so desperately need, that that we all need, which explains in part why I think we have such a, a fascination with religion. I mean, even if it's a a hateful fascination. And and I think the reason we have this fascination is because ultimately what religion is, it's our attempt 
to break through that veil of separation, to push through that curtain that separates us, that somehow if, if I can just jump through the right hoops, if I can say the right words, if I can do the right things, then maybe I can get back to that place I'm looking for, that place that I'm longing for. I don't know how that experiment goes for you, but for me, no matter how much religion I try or buy or achieve or conceive, I just can't seem to get there. I mean, it can feel like I'm stuck performing in some kind of weird dog show existence, like where I'm running around just trying to get approval and trying to show that I'm good enough and just begging for treats and attaboys, like, oh, who's the good boy? I'm the good boy. And yet when I live like that, it's, it's kind of like I'm living some tragic parody of a greater life I know I'm meant for. Which is why I'm captivated by Jesus. See, when, when I can get past all the religious trappings that we've unfortunately wrapped him up in and get to Jesus, oh, I find hope. I get so hopeful because Jesus didn't talk about religious hoops. No, he talked about real relationship with God that we, we would call God Father. And, and he talked about leading us into what he called real life, life to the fullest. But then he goes and gets himself killed on that day that we call Good Friday, which would have been anything but good on that first Friday, especially for his first followers. And yet in the moment of his death, something incredible happened. The curtain in the temple, the symbol of our separation, it was torn in two, which is why he says it's finished. The consequences of turning away from God, our separation, it's over now. Jesus made a way for us to get home. In dying on the cross, he embraced our death, our separation, so we don't have to be separated any longer. And he paid the price so the path, the way back to life, could be opened for us. No more striving. No more jumping through hoops. No more dog show. The door is now wide open for us to come home. And yet, we're not talking about Friday. We're talking about Sunday. We're talking about Easter. So if this is what his death accomplished, this ending of our separation so we can find our way home through him, then what does his resurrection mean for us? So yes, he said it is finished, but he wasn't done, not by a long shot, because Jesus, he didn't stay in the grave. He got back up. And see, Easter is not simply about some old, rugged cross. It's about an empty tomb. Empty because Jesus didn't stay down for the count. He didn't stay dead. He got back up. He defeated the grave. He rose in victory over death. And he now invites us to join him in his victory. To step into this new life with him. Which is why Jesus said these words in John 11. He says this. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone 
who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. No longer separated. And so who is this for? Look what he says. Anyone, he said, anyone who believes in him will experience this life he has. And see, here's the amazing thing about Jesus. Not only does Jesus offer us salvation, not only does he save us, he shares with us. He shares all of his goodness with us. Jesus embraces our death and offers us new life in him, new life with him. And it's the best kind of relationship we could ever hope for. I mean, have you ever noticed that some of the best relationships you've had in your life, they were mutually beneficial, where you received as much as you gave to the other person? You know, that's how it is with Jesus and this relationship he invites us into. Like we give him our broken mess. And he says, bring all of that to me. There's nothing in your story that you have to hold back. I have come for you. And we give him our broken mess. And then we take hold of this new life he has for us. It's this beautiful give and take that we have with him. And then Jesus, he actually takes our worst from us and then gives us his best. Which seems kind of like maybe... Jesus is getting the short end of the stick a little bit. Like, Jesus, what, what's in it for you? Why would you do this for us? Why would you do this for me and everyone listening right now? And I think what Jesus would say is, what's in it for me? You. You are in it for me. You are worth it. In doing this for you, I get you back. There's no longer separation. And I can wrap my arms around you once again and say, welcome home. Which means that the hope we can all step into this Easter is that we are loved beyond our wildest imaginings. And when we step into the love that Jesus has for us, we are forever changed. That's why Paul, one of the early Christian leaders, writes this. He says, that this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And so we step into this new life by trusting him, by trusting Jesus to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And that's what faith in Jesus means. It means trusting him to bring you back into right relationship with God, to bring you back into the life you were created to live because of what he's done for you. And we step into that life by asking him to step into our lives. And we pray something like this. Oh, Jesus, I need you. And Jesus, I, I give my life to you. So would you make me new? Because I believe in you. And so friends... Here's to new life. Here's to new hope. Here's to new beginnings. Here's to the one who shares his best with us so that through him we can have new life. And happy Easter. Happy Easter, new life. Steve Ramassini here. 
I'm currently assigned to the Coast Guard Training Center in Two Rock, just north of Petaluma. I'm a 27-year Coast Guard active duty service member, and I've been living here for about a year. Um, the responsibilities out here at the Training Center are pretty vast. It's an 837-acre ranch. I have about 500 family members that live on board, about a 500-person staff and uh, responsible for anywhere from 300 to 500 students on a daily basis. But we are what makes the Coast Guard a mission-ready service to be America's maritime first responder. I'm honored to have been asked by Ron and Joel to share with you on this wonderful, wonderful day of celebration as we celebrate our Savior, who rose to defeat death and bring us salvation. What a glorious thing. And what a wonderful, wonderful place to be, knowing that we are his children. Now, I'm blessed to have had the journey that I've had over my life, to be with the people that I've been with over my life, my wife, my kids, the various church communities that we've been affiliated with. And what I would tell you is my life journey has been pretty blessed. Although it hasn't always gone the way that I felt that it should have gone, um, I get a reminder every once in a while that it's not about what I want. Right, the old saying, well, it's not really an old saying, I guess it comes right from the Bible. It's not my will to be done. It's his will to be done. And oftentimes what we want and what he wants for us don't always align. And I guess my life journey and my faith journey has brought me to a place where even though I still get a little bit anxious and frustrated when I don't get what I want, which kind of sounds childish, I know, I take a deep breath and I take a step back and I come to the realization that even though I may not have wanted what's happening right now, it's happening for a reason. God knows the reason. And although you can say it's ours to figure out and to an extent it is, what I've come to realize is that his plan is the plan. And when we align ourselves to his will, good things happen. Again, maybe not in the way that we would have wanted them to, but good things happen. And I am blessed on the path that I have uh, led in my life to have had the experiences that I have had to prepare me for uh, a leadership role that I have right now, uh, not only in the service, but also in uh, this community that I call the Training Center out here in Two Rock, California. So I'd just like to say thank you very much for the opportunity to share a little bit about my faith journey and a little bit about myself. And I look forward to the time when we can all be together physically and 
maybe shake one another's hands or give each other a hug again. But I'll leave you with happy Easter. Peace, love, and happiness. Stay safe. Take care, New Life. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.